she shinned up the drainpipe with effortless grace, alternating her hands and feet in quick succession, keeping her gaze fixed firmly on her destination. The ascent was fast and agile, as smooth as a cat's. On this moonless night she was no more than a fleeting shadow, something dark, a furtive movement that might only be caught out of the corner of an eye. But one mistake, one false move, and the consequences would be dire. She would hurtle to the ground, and it would greet her with the same lack of mercy it reserved for any breakable object. When she reached the second-floor window, she skillfully manoeuvred herself onto the sill, gemmed the old wooden frame, and gently released the catch. Quickly, she lifted the lower half of the window, slithered through the gap, stood up, and listened for any sound in the house. Silence. She quietly closed the window again, just in case, God forbid, it caught the attention of a passing plod out on his rounds. The large, detached properties in this part of Hampstead were regularly patrolled by the law, just in case any light-fingered lowlifes took it into their heads to try and plunder the riches that lay within. For her, this danger only added to the thrill. The threat of being caught ignited nervous sparks that both scared and energised her. She took the torch from her belt, switched it on and swept the light across the room, keeping the beam aimed low. It was a bedroom, but not the one she wanted. A week's surveillance had revealed to her that the master bedroom was directly below. The windows of that room, like all the others on the ground and first floors, were alarmed, but perhaps in the mistaken belief that the upper floors were inaccessible. The owners hadn't bothered securing them. Or perhaps they just hadn't wanted to spend the extra money. A false economy, as it turned out. She padded out onto the landing and paused again before softly descending the stairs. She knew, courtesy of the newspaper gossip columns, that Gerald and Fiona Myers were attending a charity gala in the West End tonight. It was unlikely they'd be back much before midnight, but she wasn't going to take any chances. The master bedroom was large and plush, with a deep pile carpet, heavy velvet curtains, a bank of wardrobes, a chest of drawers and a dressing table. It smelled of expensive perfume. The first thing she did was to cross to the window and check that everything was quiet outside. Once she'd established that her presence was still undetected, she focused her attention on the spoils. The dressing table was her first port of call. She was not a ransacker, not the type of burglar to turn things upside down. Although she worked at speed, she created as little disturbance as possible. Everything she picked up, she put back in exactly the same place, unless she chose to keep it, all neat and tidy. The longer it took them to realise they'd been robbed, the better. And anyway, it offended her sensibilities to make a mess. Her fine black cotton gloves left no prints behind as she sorted through the jewellery box. Rings, necklaces, bracelets, brooches and earrings were all slipped into the pouch that hung from her waist. She gathered them eagerly, her eye for glitter as keen as a jackdaw's. Once the box was exhausted, she opened and closed drawers, searching for other valuable items. A couple of diamond-encrusted watches were rapidly added to her haul. In one of the wardrobes, she found a row of fur coats, mink and sable, and made a fast mental calculation of what they were worth. 
She wasn't going to take them, though. For one, she didn't want to be haunted by the ghosts of so many dead animals, and for two, it was damn nigh impossible to slide elegantly down a drainpipe with half a ton of fur on your back. She could have thrown them, of course, but she'd still have had to carry them down the road. She closed the door and moved on to the next wardrobe, clearly the preserve of Mr. Myers, from where she took gold cufflinks, tie pins and a brightling watch from a row of cubby holes at the top. Quickly, she rifled through the pockets of the Savile Row suits, but didn't come across any cash. Once she completed her search of the bedroom, she set off back upstairs. If her dad had been here, he'd have gone in the opposite direction, down to the floor below, which might have painting, silver or porcelain. Never look a gift horse in the mouth, he would have said. But she preferred to stick to her own methods. Jewellery was easy to carry and easy to fence, and if you had to run, it wasn't so heavy that it would weigh you down.